Welcome to the Refuge Project. The Refuge Project is a place that we can have meaningful conversation in a safe place. I am your host. I am Pastor David. I am riding solo today. Um, we got such a busy schedule. We got our 2022 convocation coming up here in just a couple of days. And uh, man, our whole church has been busy. Uh, I know a lot of you guys out there that listen. Um, all over the world, a lot of you guys have been to the convocation. Uh, a lot of you you watched it on uh, on live stream. So, if you want to watch it on live stream this year, and you're not able to get into the country, you're not able to get over to the church. I would I would encourage you to get here um, for the you know free lunch that we have every single day. Uh, but not only that, really to to experience what God is going to do. Over the next few days, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I'm sorry. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, God's going to do some amazing, amazing things. We got some some really good speakers this year. We have uh, Pastor uh, Jason King. He's from Colorado. He's a, a lead pastor up there. Uh, Dr. Jerry Williams, uh, just an, an, another amazing, amazing um Speaker, Go To Nations. He leads a, a ministry called Go To Nations, and they train missionaries um, and send them out all over the world. Uh, our own Pastor Mark is going to be speaking. Uh, Kingsley Armstrong, he's a, a evangelist that travels the world. Um, and then Pastor Mike Malay, which he was a regular around here for a long time. Um, he is the pastor of White Dove Fellowship uh, out of uh, Louisiana, just a tremendous speaker. All these guys are tremendous speakers. I'm just excited about uh, what God's going to do um, here uh, in our convocations this year. Um, so March 6th through the 9th, that's this Sunday, uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and it starts in the morning uh, at 9 o'clock, and we have two sessions in the morning, and then we come back at 6 o'clock. So you guys make it out. If you can't check us out on YouTube, uh, Elam Church, Houston, Texas, and I know it'd be a blessing to you, man. So many things going on in the world right now, right? Um, but just before we go there, we're gonna have Pastor Mark uh, slide in here in a in a few minutes. Uh, he's gonna stop by and just talk about the convocation. Uh, so we're excited about that. But a lot of things going on in the world right now. You got Ukraine and Russia going uh, to battle. Just a sad situation, right? Just some um, power struggles, some power struggles going on in the world right now. China kind of peeping in to see what's going to go on. Uh, they're talking about invading Taiwan. Um, I was watching a little bit of a, the news clips. I didn't watch the news, but I caught some clips online uh, earlier this week. And it was citizens in, in UK, Ukraine uh, just lined up taking military uh, weapons, getting about a 30-second to a minute-and-a-half course on how to use this military weapon to defend their country and then sent on um, to try to be effective against um, these soldiers. And I think, man... Wow, uh, 
what does the world come to that here in 2022 that we are uh, sending weapons to civilians to defend themselves? And I was talking to somebody, I think it was my wife, and as I was talking to her, uh, I said, well, that kind of sounds like Texas. I think Texas got so much military weapons in here, we could probably defend ourselves against the rest of the United States. But just literally think about that. That would be like us as citizens of Texas uh, weaponizing ourselves to defend the rest of the state. Um, and it's just a, a sad situation of what's going on over there. Uh, I'm not here to take sides. Um, but I'm looking at this from afar wondering what's really going on. Uh, it can't help but think that some of this has to do with uh, revelations, end times, God setting up uh, different things, putting things in place, putting people in place um, to do exactly what he's going to do. And I know that through all those things, um, you know, God's going to work it out. That we have to be faithful to who he is in in Christ, uh, who he is as our Savior, and the things that he has called us to do. And we have to be praying uh, for our position in a time like this, what God has called us to do in a time like this. And... Um, it kind of rem reminded me a little bit about um, who we are and what is our position. I was reading a a, um, a blog the other day, and it was just like about these all these like uh, Bibles. One was like uh, a Bible for medical uh, frontline medical workers. Bible for police officers and Bibles for, um, you know, all these like specific groups. And it just really made me think like, what, what are we, what are we doing? Because at the end of the day, those Bibles probably are great and they, they do hit home and they do help these groups get through the things that they're getting through that they're having to go through. But when I began to think about it and begin to try to understand what was going on, I think that our culture is so far off of what God has called us to be and who he has called us to be. You know, Pastor Bobby, our worship pastor here at Elam Church, he was talking last night about some internal struggle that he had dealt with in the past. And as a worship leader and the, and the trends and stuff that are going on for worship, he was struggling a little bit with, and he loved the, the big exciting worship. I do too. I liked the, the new popular song and, uh, but I also like the hymn. But he was having this internal struggle of what it was and what it was about. And basically he he was saying that he he was like getting 
in front of God and saying, God, what is it? How do, how do, I, how do I navigate this thing? And he was saying that, you know, just from a little boy that he was, had this burden on him to lead worship and to be in the presence of, of God. And to lead people into the throne room of God. And I think that if we look into the Bible and we see verses like in Psalms 23, it says, for his name's sake. God, God is not about us. I think a lot of times we make we make this, we make God and Jesus about us. We make the Bible about us and we try to compare every story to our life and how we are David and how we are Moses and how we are these superheroes in the Bible and we compare ourselves to those superheroes. But really, when we do those things, we're setting ourselves up for failure, and setting ourselves up for more than that we can really chew on. You understand what I'm saying? Like, we're not all going to be able to defeat every giant. Right? Oh, I have five stones. Well, you listen, there's going to be a lot of times that you miss with all five, and then what? We're more like the Israelites. We're more like the failures of David. The failures of Moses, the failures of the apostles. Isaiah 43, everyone who was called by my name when I created them for my glory. Right? Isaiah 49, I called Israel for my glory, for his glory. Psalms 106, it talks about him rescuing the Egyptians for his glory. Right? When God comes to Israel and he was telling them about how he was going to defeat their enemies and drive their enemies out, He didn't come to them and tell them that he was doing that because they were such a great people. Now, if I remember right, he called them stiff necks, hard heads. And then when I see Bibles that are created for us and, 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 sculpture to fit our lifestyle and, and and make it about us i think we're i think we're missing the point and i think if you look at our culture today we see just that we see a bunch of people running around thinking that everything is about them Everything that we do, 
everything that we want. We don't get it. We throw fits. When government doesn't step in, we think that we're being targeted. And the enemy is just standing in the shadows, ready to just devour these things. And I think as people of the the Lord that we need to quit making this about victories in our life. But we need to make it about the glory of the Lord. That when God gives us desires that we would be all in for him and the desires for us will be the desires for the glory of the Lord. Amen? I don't know, man. I just just a couple of things that I've been reading, that I've been but seeing. We've been going through uh, revelations on Wednesday night here at our church. A lot of things are going on, and sometimes we 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 step out of truth, and we step into like this selfishness that uh, really puts us in a, in a compromised position, right? It puts us in a, a compromised position. And, uh, and I think that we have to get back to what the Word says, get back to what God is saying, hey, I created you for my glory instead of uh, I created you for your own glory. I've created you to give me glory. I created you for glory. And that's the reason why we have our own choice to do our own things and have our own ideas so we could glorify the Lord. Not so we can run around selfish and stupid and idiotic. Amen. Amen. Sorry for the rant. You know, I didn't even get into I didn't even get into our, you know, normal culture corner. But that that's that's my culture corner for today. That sometimes we lean in too much of the culture that we, we box ourselves into a corner and we don't really realize that not everything is about us. Not everything's here to make us feel good. And it's not all about happiness. I don't think that preachers and teachers and Jesus is worried about happiness as much as we are worried about happiness. Right? Joy, for sure. Just think about it this way. Every material thing that you have one day is going to end up in a dumpster, a yard sale, on some Goodwill shelf, 
Every material thing you'll ever have. But when we buy those things, it's about our happiness. What if we begin to invest in things that make us joyful into the Lord instead of happy into ourselves? Amen? Amen. I got a quick song for you guys today from Paul Hernandez, Highs and Lows. of days, time is on the run and keeps pushing me away, yeah. more than I can take, holding on a prayer, I've been dreaming about you, babe, didn't want to wake up, I know I can't run when the day comes, it's been a long night, but I came through, anger and pain can be dangerous, when I'm with you, I'm not fearful, not the same man from a year ago, been going through a stretch, always on attack, errors only shoot when you pull them back, and I've been staring at the road ahead, me can't blank now. Well, it's spinning on me like there's no way out Rolling on my sleeves, I think I'm okay now Okay now, okay now Take away the silver and the gold pain, sometimes it comes, sometimes it goes Tell me what it's like if it's alone No mountain or hill that we can't run Yeah, tell me, should I rise or should I fall? I know when it's time to find myself with no control That you promised me you'll never let me go Sometimes the longest way is the fastest on me Staring at the road ahead, me can't blank now Well, they're spinning on me like there's no way out Rolling on my sleeves, I think I'm okay now Okay now, okay now Take It's Paul Hernandez, highs and lows. I think we go through highs and lows in, in life. Kind of like what I was talking about before, but not about us, right? about having joy that gets us through the lows and you know you say Pastor David getting kind of all like you know all into the law and stuff you see an Old Testament no I just I just think that like at the end of the day what's the best way to do this I think at the end of the day Christianity right now is um is that about a bunch of rules and regulations of stuff that we can and can't do? And and can I tell you that that's not what heaven's for? 
Heaven is not about you obeying all the laws to get to heaven. Heaven's not for people that are just scared to go to hell. Oh, and that was good. Get myself excited in here. It's a place that we can be joyful. It's a place that we can serve the Lord and make it about God. Right? Make it about God. And I'm excited to see what God's going to do in this next step in our lives, man. What's going what's going to go on and how we can how can we can be um just like a, a tool that God can use, man, instead of worrying about all the all the the laws and all those different what what I can and what cannot no man about the glory of the Lord. Let's get it back to that. Let's get it back to the cross. That because of the glory of the Lord we have mercy and grace. Not because we have mercy and grace that this all this stuff is about us. Let's get rid of all that stuff. Let's get rid of all of it. All right, y'all stay tuned, man. I got Pastor Mark coming right up. I know that he's going to share some stuff with us today about the convocation coming up, and I'm super, super excited. Stay tuned. All right, Pastor Mark, thanks for stopping by today. Before we get right into uh, the convocation, you know, I was talking a little bit earlier on the podcast about how we make the Bible um, so, like, personal and you know, the Bible tells us, I looked it up over 77 times because of his glory. And it's all about God and his presence and what what Jesus did. But so many times we try to make it about us. And we, we live in like a selfish culture sometimes that we, we you know, we try to put ourselves in David's place or put ourselves in Moses' place. And I think sometimes that we can get in a position where, we're not the superheroes of the Bible, and if we try to align ourselves with some of those things that, you know, we could really be disappointed because we're more like the Israelites than we are the superheroes, you know? It, it's true. Um, it's interesting that you say that because I think we put pressure on ourselves. Uh, we want to please God. We want to do the things that He's called us to do, and in that, we really work hard, and then when we don't accomplish what we think we should accomplish, we feel like we've let Him down. Down. And so it just becomes a, a vicious circle almost of uh, trying to please God in those in that way. Uh, talking about Moses, I love the fact that uh, when God called Moses and Moses had all these questions, uh, you know, who who sent me? Who am I? Uh, how can I do this? And it was very simple. God just said, tell them that I am sent you. And I am represents everything that God is, complete and total. And in that, Moses really didn't have any pressure. It was all on God. And so we need to have an attitude like that. Uh, if God opens that door we talked about in Revelation, you know, he told the church uh, that he was the one that opens the door and he was the one that closes the door. And the doors that he opens, no one can open, uh, close. And the door that he closes, no one can open. And so when he opens a door for us, we need to have the attitude, it's all him. 
It's all about him. Uh, it's not in our ability. Moses said, I stuttered. Moses said, I can't do this. And God said, just tell him that I am sent you. And we know that he did. And because he did, God opened that door and he was able to accomplish unbelievable things. Yeah. And I guess I really got on this because we were, you know, we've been fasting and praying for the, the convocation coming up. And we, you know, you guys have been praying in the morning and then Thursday night, the evening prayer. And then just last night in our, our worship, Bobby just said that he had this burden in his heart just to be in the presence of the Lord, you know? And then since he's been just a little kid, his 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 passion was to get into the throne room of God. And I think a lot of times when we come to church as as church goers, not really as church, you know, leaders or whatever, that we miss that place we miss getting into the throne room we 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 get caught up in okay what's the what's coming up next or what song is next or they didn't play the, my favorite song instead of just letting loose and really letting god take over our lives and getting into that presence of god well and i think that goes back to uh the pressure and also i think it, it speaks to our worship are we worshiping to make ourselves feel better or are we worshiping because he's a holy, awesome, yes, unbelievable God, and he's worthy of our praise no matter what situation we walked into church from or circumstance. He is worthy of our praise. When I worship, I, I really am not trying to make myself feel better. It happens, of course, when the music's going and you're just in that place. Uh, I spoke about it last week, about that place where God's love just washes over you. It saturates you in that moment. You know it's all about Him. But it, there are times when we come in and we've been beat up during the week and we're, we're looking forward to just a refreshing and we make it more about us. Well, I hope they play my favorite song so that I can get into worship, or I hope they that this happens so I can really get into this. When in fact, the Bible tells us to enter His courts with praise and enter His courts with thanksgiving, and, and and we need to have that attitude when we come in. And I believe from that, when we when we actually begin to worship like that, then it just washes over us, and we fall into that place where we really sense His presence. Yeah, and I think that's the thing when we make it about God. The overflow, we get that we take advantage of that piece of it, you know. Instead of the other way around, oh, this is going to be about me, and then the overflow we get we give to God. It's the other way around. Let's make make this about God and His glory, and then we we take the you know the advantage off of that. It is, and and one of the things that I think is really cool is um, when people will come up to you and tell you, "I really appreciate the way you worship." And it's not, it's not because you dance around and sing, but they can see your heart in the way that you just love the Lord. And, and I don't know any other way to worship um, except to just open my heart to Him. And He's worthy of it. And if you stop and, and really do that, one of the things that we're really pushing for is to come in uh, to church service, come into your prayer time, come into the time that you spend with the Lord with expectation, uh, not just going, okay, I got to say a quick 10-minute prayer. I've got to wipe this off my list today or whatever, but to really come in expecting to hear from God. And it's the same with worship. When you when you enter in, really expecting God to be there because He guarantees us in Hebrews that He is there, that we're welcome to come 
come into His throne room to lay our burdens down. And He will give us mercy and grace to get through our difficulties. So we know that. So when we enter into that throne room and we enter his, into His presence, we should come expecting God to be there. Yeah, that's good. I was just talking just a little bit early on the podcast about uh, hell's not a place uh, uh, heaven's not a place of for people that are just get scared to go to hell, you know. <laughs> and a lot of times we take that attitude, and we have to get all our prayer in, and we have to get our, our devotion in, we have to get all these things, our church in on Sundays, just because we don't want to go to hell. Instead of really making heaven the place that we're trying to get to, right? I, you know, um, like many people, I grew up with a with an attitude around me that uh, if you did anything bad, God was going to get you. And I think you experienced some of that in your life. And, yeah. and uh, you know, you, you so you do everything you can to be right. You just want to be right and do the right things. And it's really never about relationship. It's just about so I can go to heaven. Mm -hmm. And when you truly make it about relationship, when you have that encounter with Jesus Christ, a life-changing encounter where you know you can't do it, when you know that it's only by His love, by His mercy and His grace that you are able to do the things you do, then life is truly different. And you don't worry about falling. You don't want to fall, but you don't worry about falling because when you do, you know, as the Bible tells us, we get back up and we keep on going. And we have a God that loves us. We've been on Revelation and, and the church at Laodicea, as we talked about last night, the church in Laodicea was terrible. I mean, they were terrible. And yet at the end of all of that, God still wants them to know He loves them. And He offers them an opportunity to repent. That's the kind of God, or that is the God that we serve. That's right. That's right. Well, that leads us kind of right in what we want to talk about today in our 33rd annual uh, convocation. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of people that are coming, missionaries, ministers, um, just your regular people, they're going to come, and they're going to be feeling some of this stuff that we've been, just been talking about, you know, some stuff that they don't know if they can move on any longer, some struggles they've had in ministry, and they might want been in this place where uh, they want to quit, and, you know, and if you're like me, there's times where I get so distracted about ministry that it's hard for me to worship. You know, mm -hmm. and I think there's a there's going to be some people in here that that do ministry so hard. Sometimes it, uh, it interferes with their the lack of the relationship with with God. And we get the opportunity here at, at Elam to do this convocation for the last this will be 33 years to really minister to those champions uh, all over the world, coming from almost every continent to come here to just for us to speak into their lives and and then build them up, give them a little, you know, a push uh, so they can go out and do what God has called them to do. It really is an honor. It really is. And I, I take it as such a, a awesome thing uh, that God would allow us to do this. He is the reason that we do this. There's no doubt the vision was cast 30, actually about 34 years ago. Uh, we took a hold of it. Uh, we began with literally just a handful of pastors that came, uh, which grew into what we are doing today. Uh, many years ago, we included missionaries, evangelists, just anybody that ministers, because Dave, you and I both know uh, we can put on a good front. But the truth is, there are times when we're just worn out, yeah. when we're overwhelmed, 
overwhelmed. Uh, we're supposed to have the answers. We don't. People are expecting us to give them the answers. And uh, we're truth, truthfully trying to seek those things. And so we just get tired. Uh, we need a place to get away. And that's what this has become. We literally have many letters from people who have sent us letters after the convocation who told us they were planning on coming here and after that they were going to go home and resign their position, step away from their ministry or, or whatever because they were just at a place where they couldn't do it any longer. And because they came here, not Elam Church, but God refreshed them. He touched their life and they went back with a fresh fire, a fresh anointing, ready to go and do what God has called them to do. And when you get those letters and when you see the smiles on the faces of these people that come and you see the tiredness when they get here, but you see the joy and the laughter and the peace that they leave with, man, it is just so worth all of the effort and everything that we do to make this happen. Yeah, I was going to ask you, my follow-up question was going to ask you, why uh, Why did you feel like it was so important to continue this when you took over to took over to be pastor, but I think when those words right there, when you hear the testimonies and all the <laughs> things that it, that has come from this convocation, it was something that's important. And what, won't you just speak on the importance of being a, a missional church? I think it's really important. Um, just in looking around, missions is not as important to some people as others, uh, but I have been blessed to be able to go and see what these missionaries are doing with so little funding um, in places that honestly most people wouldn't want to go, yet they wanted to go. They felt led to go, and God called them there. He opened that door, and they are doing a phenomenal job of seeing people come to Jesus Christ, seeing life change, life's change, and, and it's just wonderful. And I think we're part of that. Uh, a lot of people look at Acts, and, and Jesus tells them, to go into Judea and, and Jerusalem and, and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And many will say, well, I want to go into the first one, to Jerusalem. Uh, and once I get Jerusalem, uh, we talk to Jerusalem. Then we'll spread the word to Judea, and then we'll spread it to Samaria, and then the ends of the earth. But in reality, in Acts, he doesn't say that. He says, and. He doesn't say, or, uh, or, or one at a time. We're to do each one at the same time. And that's important. It's not just to minister in your backyard. We also have a responsibility to minister across the world. And we have the chance to do that through missionaries. We couldn't do it on our own. But for those, through those that are willing to go, we have that opportunity. And we get to be a small part of what they're doing. And then we get to bring them back here and bless them as they come and fellowship. Yeah, I think it's awesome that we get to uh, treat them as the champions they are because um, I, I haven't took any, uh, you know, over the seas type uh, short term mission trips or anything like that. But I know from the stories of, you know, kind of the 
places that you've had to sleep and the, and the, you know the churches that don't have air conditioner or clay floors and stuff that in America we're not used to right. you know and then these guys are going and and they're not going over there to get paid they're going over there to survive on the money that they're raising and how important these people are truly to go out to the middle of a jungle somewhere or the middle of a plain somewhere where there's barely any running water just to, just for the fact to spread the, the good news. Right, to give the gospel. And one of the things I think is really unique about our convocation is for many years, uh, I've gone to either a pastor's conference or I've been to mission conferences. But it's very rare to go to a conference where they really honor both. If you go to a pastor's conference, a lot of it is learning new technology. A lot of it is just all dealt with pastors, speaks to pastors. When you go to a missions conference, a lot of it is fundraising and mostly just speaks to missions. But I think our convocation is very unique in that this is not a fundraiser for missionaries. It's not a way to teach uh, specifically pastors new technologies and things. It is a way to bring us all together because we're all in this together. We're all working together for the cause of Christ to build the kingdom of God. And to do that, we need each other. Many times pastors and missionaries don't mix well because pastors are always worried that they're going to ask for support uh, they're going to ask for money. Many times pastors are working on shoestring budgets, and so they don't want to offend, and it's just easier not to be a part of that. But here, that doesn't happen. They come together, they fellowship, they network. It is a joy to see pastors sitting with missionaries in the morning uh, before the service, just having coffee and sharing what God has laid on their heart. And that's one of the things that I think, think makes this convocation so unique. Yeah, I, I just want to, you know, it's our, it's our Super Bowl here. You right. know, we, we love it. We'd love to have these guys come in and and for us just to be able to treat them um, with everything that we have. Let's talk about the lineup this year. Um, we got Pastor Jason King from Colorado. How did, how did you uh, come across this young man? Because he was here last year and just what a dynamic communicator um, and just a, just a humble guy. He is really a good guy and just a, a, a friend. Um, actually got to meet Jason through his brother, Brian. Brian was a youth pastor at, um, at uh, San Antonio at uh, Pastor David Cook's church and uh, IBC. And uh, we used to do youth camps with them. In fact, our, our youth still go to camp in San Antonio with them. Um, got to know Brian, a really good guy as well. And uh, he kind of introduced me to Jason. Over the years, just kind of kept running into Jason different places and really connected with him at uh, Pastor Matt Bell's church there in San Antonio. And so just felt uh, called to ask him last year if he would come, and he did, and did a tremendous job, a uh, real blessing. And so uh, he's coming back again this year. If you're, um, if you're, been listening to the Refuse Project for any length of time. You remember him on the podcast last year, and his big thing was keep the weird away. You know, so uh, if y'all remember that episode, it's hard to do something. Yeah, especially when you deal with church people. <laughs> we're weird. Yeah, we, uh, we have uh, Dr. Jerry Williamson talking about missionaries uh, and just what a tremendous. Uh, ministry that he has to train up these missionaries, to train up people, and then not, not only train them, but to be able to place them all over the world so they can live out the calling that God has on their lives. 
he he really another good guy. Uh, Love to just sit and talk with Jerry. Uh, talk to Jerry. Um, really, all this came about, you know, in independent churches, which we are. And uh, I'm sure you've heard it. I know you've heard it that if you take all the independent churches and put them together, they would be the biggest denomination. But um, unfortunately, in independent churches for many years. Uh, they supported missions, but they weren't really sure how to get people involved in missions. If somebody would come up and say, Pastor, I, I just feel a call for God to uh, to go to be a missionary. Uh, most of the time, the pastor's answer was, well, God bless you and, and uh, we'll be praying for you. Because there really had no avenue to direct them uh, to a place where they could learn how to be a missionary and learn how to raise funding and learn how to do the things needed uh, to to get to where they needed to be. And so here at Elam Church, we supported missionaries, uh, quite a few missionaries, but never really uh, were able to raise up missionaries out of our church. And one of the things that I really wanted to accomplish, I feel like God's called us to accomplish, is raise up missionaries in our church. But again, what do we do with them when they come? And through Dr. Jerry, Go To Nations, uh, we have uh, been able to connect with them. He raises up missionaries, trains them, uh, teaches them what to do, how to fundraise, and all of those things. So now we have an avenue where when somebody comes in and says, hey, we want to be a missionary, I feel God's called us, we can send them right to him, and we can get the process started to where it wasn't. it wouldn't be long before they're out on the mission field doing what God's calling them to do. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. He's got so many missionaries all over the world that came through his program, and he just you know had a, a burden on his heart to do these things. And now you, you'll see these people all over the mission field uh, come straight out of his ministry. Kingsley Armstrong, he's been a friend of the the, the church now for the, maybe the last four or five years. He's right. really coming in consistently. Um, he's got a great accent. Uh, and he always comes with some kind of unique uh, uh, point of view when he brings the word. I know you guys met on the treadmill, right, at, right. at a gym somewhere. Right. Tell us about Brother Armstrong. Again, I was at uh, Pastor Matt Bell's uh, missions conference, and um, I didn't know who was speaking. Um, I had read the uh, read the uh, flyer about who was speaking, but didn't have any pictures. Uh, happened to be in the the gym at the hotel, and uh, was on the treadmill, and just got to talking uh, to Kingsley. And I did hear his accent, which I wanted to strike up a conversation with him uh, because I know it's funny that we don't think we have an accent here mm. in Texas, uh, but you go somewhere else. And and they'll always ask, are oh, you from yeah. Texas? Well, he, had, he has a pronounced English accent and and uh, just enjoyed talking with him. Uh, closed out the morning and and uh, the next thing I knew I was at the conference and he was speaking. And so we just struck up a friendship, a relationship. And uh, he's been coming ever since as far as uh, getting him here when he could come. Uh, they've been in lockdown quite a bit in England. And uh, so we weren't able to have him here. But he's coming back this year and we're extremely excited about that. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I remember the message he he, he pre preached, man, several years ago. If uh, if the disciples had uh, social media, and that was just a, a really good message. Uh, Pastor Mike Malay, he's almost a sister church of ours. We've done so much stuff back and forth, and talking about somebody that has uh, a, a mind for missions and a heart for missions, and that's Pastor Mike Malay. 
Pastor Mike is a unique guy. Uh, I have so much appreciated getting to know him and uh, his heart, not only for missions, but for people. Uh, he truly has a heart for people, uh, people to come to know Christ, uh, to see their lives changed. He is a, a mover and a shaker. Uh, he loves the Lord and he goes out and does things a lot of other people wouldn't do. Uh, I had the opportunity to spend a little time with Pastor Mike Harris. Uh, they suffered some loss from the last hurricane that went through Louisiana and uh, we were able to go and help them do some cleaning and things. And just a really uh, man of God that loves God's people and, uh, and, of course, Pastor Mike has that wonderful Louisiana accent. Yeah. And uh, we love having him here. And I tell you, he's, he's, um, he's not only just a guy that talks the talk, but he's a guy that walks the walk. And I'll never forget, uh, we've mentioned this a lot, but uh, they came here many years ago when we, are, we were really just supporting missionaries, just started, and uh, they were just getting into it. So he asked what we were doing and uh, about our missionaries and trusted what we were doing to the place where he said, look, instead of us trying to go out and get missionaries, we're just going to support those that you support. And they have been doing that ever since, many, many years. And when uh, Katrina came through, they suffered great loss. And we truly thought, you know, it's understandable. Uh, their congregation's not there. Uh, they're, they're closed. We understand that things are not what they were. And we honestly in the flesh expected them to say, we're just not going to be able to support the missionaries right now. Well, instead, we got a call from him that said instead of just supporting them, they were going to double their missions giving. Wow. And they have done that, and they've done that ever since. And so a man of faith and uh, just really good guy. Looking forward to Pastor Mike. I love his teaching. Yeah, that reminds me of some, uh, I think, what was that show when, um, oh, it was the the guy that was running, he ran and ran and ran. Forrest Gump. Oh, yeah. Right? When Sergeant, whatever his name was, sitting down there, and he was actually cursing God. But right. Mike Malay did the exact same thing. You know, the, the storm was coming, and it ripped everything up. And he's like, you know, basically cursing the devil. Oh, yeah? Right. I'm going to give double. Exactly. And double in the face of tragedy. Um, so, yeah, I'm super excited about the, the lineup you got here. Then you're going to be speaking on Sunday morning. Um, so the, just some amazing preachers. Now, I talked a little bit about it in our annual meeting. We have seven. 17 different countries that tune yeah. in uh, the Refuge Project. Um, some of those are going to be here, and they're coming, and we know that they're they're missionaries, and they're going to come, and then we're going to be able to see them. But some of them are, uh, are not going to be able to make it. Just kind of speak into their life a little bit. Give them some encouragement uh, to keep doing what God has called them to do. Well, I think it's very important that we uh, that we encourage everyone, all the Christians, because things are so different. Pastor David, you know that uh, we are seeing th things are not like they used to be, as I, I spoke about a few weeks ago. Um, I don't think things will ever get back to the way w that they were. And I'm not sure we want them to get back to the way they were. I think God is doing a new thing. And I truly think that God uses, uh, uses his people to do these things. Those that can't come. I know we had um, four people, just really disappointed. We had four people that had registered to come in from Canada that had never been here. And we were so excited. And they called here uh, a couple of days ago and said that they were not going to be able to come. 
because they had locked down again. They had to do 14 days of quarantine. So there's so many variables. There's so many things uh, that can get in front of us that can keep us from getting here, uh, maybe keep them from doing what God is going to call them to do. But I want them to know God is not finished with you. God is not done with you. He's called you. His call is not going to come back. He has a plan and a purpose for their lives as well as ours. We're trying to accomplish that here. And if they will continue to seek Him and continue to keep to keep going forward, that God is going to use them in, I believe, ways that they've never been used before. And I'm going to tell you, I don't put this out a lot, but, but I believe this is going to be a conv- convocation like we've never had. There's something been stirring. There's an excitement. Something is building. And I believe it is the power and the presence of God that is ready to do a brand new thing. Yeah, and you always look at, um, and I was just talking to you about this earlier in the week, you always look at things like, so when you're getting ready to put on a a convocation or we just got off our marriage conference and uh, things begin to happen. There's, Mm -hmm. you know, roadblocks begin to, to come in place and people begin to cancel. So you know, like, Things, something's great is going to happen when you begin to have those roadblocks. And I know, you know, we had several people cancel and then then the phone rang again and then several more people signed up, you know, so we're, we're, we're excited about it. We've been fasting and praying. We have one more night tonight of, uh, Praise and prayer. And we're going to be here getting ready. We're, our church is excited. What can, if they are able to make it out, what can they expect over the next few days uh, when the convocation starts? I hope they can come expecting to be loved on, uh, just to be encouraged, to be strengthened, and to be challenged. I think they're going to hear messages that are going to challenge some of the things that they're thinking, uh, the things that they're doing. Uh, I think they can come expecting hear from to hear from God, uh, to get new direction, new vision, fresh fire. Uh, I believe if they will come expecting that, then God is going to meet them right where they are, and they're going to see how God can move in a brand new way. Yeah, and I would just encourage, I know this is, you know, for ministers and all that, but I would encourage anybody that's that can get here yes. to get here. It doesn't matter if you're a part of our church or you're a part of a local church here in Houston. Come out um, because we all have a calling in our life, and that is to spread the gospel of the good news. And this will encourage you, no matter if you're a, a pastor or a, a, a you know a missionary. Right. No, exactly. We don't. This is not limited to people who are involved in the ministry. This is for all of God's people. And this is an opportunity for you. Um, if you're listening, I know there are many that are going through some things. Man, we've all been through some some things this last few years. And maybe you're just stuck. We've been talking about a wilderness experience. And many people are going through this wilderness experience and they feel trapped. They feel stuck. They just feel like they cannot get out. This is going to be an opportunity for them to come and be encouraged to step out out of that wilderness and go forward to receive what God has for them. Yeah, that's that's awesome. All right, Pastor. Well, thanks for stopping by. I know I've been uh, super busy at this time trying to get everything together, but thank you for stopping by. And I know that uh, I know your heart, and I know your hearts for these guys that are coming in from all over the world. And well, as a church, you know, you put a, an amazing team together to uh, to serve them, and we're looking forward to it. And we can't mm-hmm. wait for everybody to get here. So uh, thanks for stopping by. Hey, my pleasure. Love all you guys. Come out and let's see what God's going to do. All right. We'll see you next time. And we love you.
is The Refuge Project.